Hey, everybody. Welcome. Steve Wollenhouse here, your host on Anatomy of Success. To be free from regret, five daily decisions can help. That's the subject this week. So glad you joined us. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Steve Wollenhouse, and this is Anatomy of Success. Welcome here for the first time. Glad you joined us. Tell some friends, come back next week. For those that keep coming back, we greatly appreciate you. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review if you would, then head over to weatherology.com. Find the Weatherology mobile app. It's free, fastest growing weather app in the world. Happy to say right now, and uh, some remarkable new tools being added this year that I know you'll love, especially heading into the hurricane season. Also stop by my personal page under the About Us section. You'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, as well as on Instagram. Links are provided at the top of that page. Now, regret is one of those things that later in life tends to creep up and haunt people. Ironically, the science on regret is very contradictory to the common misconceptions about regret. Hear me out. Many people think that regret is a product of looking back on their life and regretting the things that they did. Damn, I wish I wouldn't have become an alcoholic. Damn, I wish I wouldn't have got addicted to drugs or lost that relationship that I neglected. Those things sting and they cause regret, but not nearly as bad the science shows when you look back on your life and say, you know what? I wish I would have done that. That kind of regret is what really kills people later in life and literally has a debilitating effect on people. A recent study, in fact, from Columbia University discovered we are inundated with more than 70 decisions each day. The volume of our choices often leads to decision fatigue, which can impair our judgment. A new study from the University of Texas demonstrates that even when our brain isn't tired, we still struggle with making good decisions. And that study determined that when we make decisions, we rely on memories, not knowledge. So, for instance, when we walk into an apartment that we really can't afford, we recall Sunday football games at our best friend's place and picture how great it's going to feel in this brand new domicile that we can't afford. So instead of our focus being on that exorbitant monthly payment that we know we can't afford, we recollect the memories and that nudges us in the direction, ironically, of making decisions. Now, the magnitude of some decisions makes it very hard for our brain to maintain perspective on making good choices. A long-term care nurse spent decades asking her patients several months from death what their biggest regrets were. Five answers surfaced repeatedly as a product of that survey. By paying attention to these regrets, I believe we can make our decisions prevent us from suffering regret later in life. So here are five choices we should make to prevent regret. Stephen Covey said this, I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Number one, be true to yourself. When we place too much emphasis on the opinions of other people, we often receive flawed advice from individuals that acquiesce with their authenticity. I know plenty of people that have degrees who pursue a career they regret and fail as they go through life because they're not being true to themselves. And I consider that a failure because if you're cognizant of the fact that you know you're doing something you don't like and you keep doing it anyway, you're really not embracing the calculated risks associated with personal change. 
listening to parents or friends that never found professional success because they made concessions with their purpose and their professions? I mean, we love our folks and our friends, but come on, is that advice worth taking? They didn't make the big dream a priority, so why should they be telling you not to? In addition, gravitating away from our moral compass, principle and values can have disastrous consequences. Trying to look good, impress certain people at the expense of being strong in our convictions always has a price tag later in life that we regret. The best way to avoid falling prey to the opinions of others is to realize that other people's opinions are just that, their opinions. Regardless of how great or terrible they think you are, that's only their opinion. Your self-worth comes from within. Let's learn to start appreciating that. Number two, be present. You know, building a successful business comes at a cost. Hard work, sacrifice, dedication. I wish I could offer a formula that allowed you to nullify the effects of those things, but there is none. I have no regrets, incidentally, about working incredibly hard for decades to build the foundation of my business because I never neglected health, family, or friends. I had my priorities straight as far as what my priorities were for me. I had a plan, and that plan entailed walking away at some point from the daily operation and focusing on what I do best and what I truly enjoy doing the most. So I created a lucrative and successful business that allowed me to focus on doing what I do best and walking away from many other things that most business owners feel compelled to have to do. They can't let go. In the process of making that decision, I acquired one of the most, if not the most valuable things we can have, and that's ownership of our time. A common regret people experience later in life is working way too hard at the expense of healthy relationships and well-being. I see it all the time, and it's totally preventable. The key is to establish some balance between work and what we love the most to ensure we don't suffer regret later in life. And the best way to do that, find time to be present. Find time to work toward a solution that gives you ownership of your time so each and every day we can focus on the things that really matter most and not get wrapped up in this incessant hustle culture that seems to be so popular today. Number three, be better with emotions. Many people look back on life and regret not expressing their feelings. They learned to stuff their emotions as children and withheld love or failed to express their feelings honestly and openly when the opportunity presented itself as they go through life. Often that explodes as anger and that causes insurmountable regret later in life. Moral of the story, all this stuff I talk about, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, it's not just cliche stuff. And I know a lot of people use those terms indiscriminately because it sounds good in the context of leadership coaches and stuff. But until people actually do this work, dive deep into becoming a more self-aware, emotionally intelligent person, we're simply giving lip service to these fashionable ideas and not applying this work. And that's common, incidentally. 
We brag about CEOs read 50 books a year. But yeah, I know a lot of CEOs that are jackasses and read books for their own personal consumption, but they don't apply this stuff they learn and they don't practice it in their own life, let alone professionally. So absorbing stuff like a sponge so that you can say you're the most intelligent person on the planet doesn't do anybody else any good around you. We got to find time to become better with our emotions, folks. And this is an ongoing effort for me, and I encourage you to make a lifelong commitment to it as well. Next, be a better friend. This is a common mistake. I see people lose touch with great friends as the years pass. It's easy to slip out of touch with friends as we become inundated with responsibilities of managing careers and family. It's unfortunate because quality friendships are so important. So is laughter. So is engaging conversation. I just played golf with my best friend from high school here this past summer. Over 40 years, we've enjoyed a remarkable connection. We've had each other's back. We've been through a lot of things together over the years. We understand one another and we share deep respect and admiration for one another. Those relationships are irreplaceable. Over the years, we've kind of gone our separate ways. We always come back together over the course of the year. Hey, how you doing? Miss you. What's up, buddy? And the conversation resumes. The laughter resumes. The memories resume. The language we share is unique. And it's done in the spirit of true love and respect. It's amazing. Those friendships are irreplaceable. At the same time, I had a good friend from high school I was equally as close to. He let our friendship slip away. Despite my efforts to retain the friendship, some things happened. He got preoccupied with life, rifted apart. I finally got to the point where I said, listen, I'm not investing all this time and energy into maintaining this relationship if there's no reciprocity. So we severed our relationship. It's too bad, but I'm not going to be the one that constantly bends over backwards to accommodate a person that isn't willing to put their time and effort in into a relationship. It's a two-way street with great friendships. Those relationships need to be cultivated. And I never regret investing my time and energy in those lifelong bonds. Next, and finally, be happy. You know, being happy is a choice, and I believe that. And it's at the foundation of my teaching at Anatomy of Success. We try to find happiness on our terms by defining success on our terms. The four tenets of equanimity emphasize areas of life that I believe increase daily happiness. So I encourage folks to read the book, Anatomy of Success, and I'm glad you're here enjoying the podcast. We do short episodes like this dedicated to providing people with tips and advice that I think can help us each and every day stay focused and fresh. Many people fail to allow themselves to be happy, so they forget to laugh. And ironically, as we get older, we laugh less. How sad is that fact? It's a statistic. Smile and experiencing joy becomes less common as we get older. Sad, isn't it? Life becomes a series of obligations, I believe, and future aspirations fade away, never materialize. Those things, of course, culminate in more regret as we get older. We can't forfeit our chance to be happy today by deferring all of our satisfaction to a future event that we believe will create unlimited happiness. That's a perception predicated on false pretense, folks. A lot of people think that by achieving this big goal that suddenly life satisfaction and happiness will increase exponentially and it doesn't work that way. A lady showed up on Clubhouse in my group last week and said, I want to make a million dollars. As soon as she said that, I just went limp. Like, we got to start from the basics here, my friend, because that goal is pathetic. 
And ironically, she had some interesting ideas that she was working on as a product of a business proposition she was sharing with us to see if we would offer some insight on its efficacy. But when somebody offers that up as that's their goal, that's their purpose and passion in life, good luck, not going to happen. 99.9% of the time, those dreams fall flat on their face. And even if it does materialize, you wake up one day as a millionaire and realize, wow, am I empty and shallow? I should have had a cause, a purpose that is a bit more profound than that, because otherwise I'm just chasing arbitrary parameters that I believe are going to result in some unlimited sense of happiness. I can promise you that's just not how happiness works. Happiness is created each day as a product of deciding to be happy and then doing the things on a daily basis that support that decision. And I want you to be happy because I believe it's possible and people argue, all the time. Well, we can't be. All the philosophers come out every time I post stuff on happiness and they're respectful, but I just say, you're not happy. I can see it. I can tell in how you articulate yourself and talk. You're not passionate. You're not happy about anything. So that's your problem. Philosophize all day long down by the river with your friends. Live it, learn to be happy, and it's possible. And that starts by making a decision each and every day to be happy. And then making health a priority, making your relationships a priority, making satisfying work a priority, deciding that I'm no longer going to do this crappy job, even if I have to move in with my parents and live in the basement for a year to build my business because the long-term consequences of staying here will erode my happiness. Okay, I got off on a tangent. This is an important subject for me. And I see a lot of people that are just not happy today. They're miserable, they're sad. And I don't want to see that continue for my friends here. So let's make the decision every day to be happy and do what we got to do to make ourselves feel a bit more satisfaction and happy. And let's be realistic. Don't beat yourself over the head if you're not happy all the time. You have a low mood or feel a bit depressed. Feel those feelings and be in touch with why that's happening. And then do something, make a decision that allows you to get away from that feeling and embrace something else that will allow you to feel better and then gravitate in that direction and build on that momentum. You got this, man. Let's do this together, okay? Glad you joined us this week. I'm Steve Wollenhouse. This is Anatomy of Success. Come back next week. Until then, let's stay focused, let's stay positive, and let's stay optimistic.